Hey guys, I'm Alex Philbrick, and this is Fill in the Gap Podcast. We are part of the Vendetta Sports Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes by searching Fill in the Gap on the Apple Podcast, as well as SoundCloud and VendettaSportsMedia.com. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. Today we're going to talk, take a look at the NFL Draft. Will Philbrick is joining me again to do a mock draft exercise where we will go back and forth making picks based on what we would do. Um, most mocks you see tend to be predicting what will happen or what the person thinks will happen. So we wanted to try and do something a little different by making selections according to what we would do. Uh, we will alternate picks and we'll still give thoughts on our own picks as well as each other's picks. Uh, but, and uh, for, for time's sake, uh, we, we are splitting this into two episodes. So today's show will be picks 1 through 16. Then either tomorrow or Saturday, we will put out a show with the second half of the first round, picks 17 through 32. Uh, we're excited to do this together. So without further ado, here it is. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. Will, thanks for joining me today. Coming on again, the most frequent guest. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well. Um, you know, we talked about NFL a lot on the show, especially with you. Uh, but you know, it's as a lot of the sports fans across the country f- feel can't get enough NFL. It's a year. Oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's never never too late for NFL talk. It's never also never too early. Never too early. Um, the draft is the next big event in the NFL after, uh, since free agency is now not ended. There's still a lot, a, a lot of you know known guys that are unsigned, but for the most part, the first wave is what people say. The first wave is over, so a lot of the focus has turned back to the draft. It went from when the combine was going on, the focus was on that. Then it went to free agency. Now it's back on the draft. It's coming quickly. It's about a month away, a little bit over a month away. I know you're excited about it. Do you read mock drafts every day? Because there are tons of mock drafts that go out every day. I, I do not read mock drafts every day, but, I mean, maybe like two or three a week. I mean, it's, it's, you can only read so many before they all start to run together and seem the same. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's a few people who I like to follow and look at their mocks whenever they put out a new one. but. Right. You know, I, scrolling through Twitter, I see different mocks at um, just pretty much every day. I don't look yeah. at I don't look at all of them, but sometimes I can't help myself and I just have to click on them. Right. Um, but in the intro, I mentioned how we're going to be alternating picks, which I think is a fun idea. Um, yeah. It's you know most most mocks that we see are just like what what they think will happen based on just predicting or based if some people have, you know, connections, inside information that, that, that they get to hear uh, what teams are thinking. So they go based on that, but it seems like most of them aren't what that person th- would do. Um, it's it, a lot of NFL draft guys seem like they have what they would do based is what their rankings are for. So they rank players based on what they think. And then they do mocks based on what they're predicting to happen, which is fine. But for the sake of this, I think it's more fun to do what we're doing um, right. by, you know, what we would do. Right. It um, requires a little more thought. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've, we have shared with each other uh, who we're picking. You know, we just texted back and forth what we would, 
with each pick. Um, we did it like what was it a week or two ago before? Like that. It was before. It, it was a little bit like the day, a couple days after free agency, like the big na- big news had hit. But it was before the some of the trades that made the order different. So we and we didn't mind because we both enjoyed doing it. We just did it again after that uh, to do an updated one. Uh, some some of the picks changed, mostly my picks. I, I don't know why, but. That's the way it went. Um, so we do. We are aware of who we, who the other person's going to pick. If we weren't, it would be really difficult, I think, to just pick off the, on the fly because we'd be sitting here going, "Um, give me one second. Then <laughs> we don't want to do that. So um, Will's going to have the first pick. So we're just going to every single pick. We're going to alternate, like I said. Uh, so number one, Cleveland Browns. You will. You want to go ahead and start? Yeah, sure. Uh, with the first pick in the 2018 inaugural PIT draft. PITG. PITG. I knew Come on, it was going to mess that up. I knew it was going to mess it up. It's all right. The Cleveland Browns select quarterback Sam Darnold from USC. I think that's what will also. I also think that's what will happen in the actual draft. Yeah, that's what I would do. I think he is the second best quarterback in the draft. I, I think Baker is the best, but. The only reason I would take him first is because I think he has the highest stock, and the Cleveland Browns desperately need stability at quarterback. Yeah. What do you mean by highest stock? Do you are, are you meaning to say the highest upside, or do you mean something different different by that? I think he's a big. I think he's a big name, and he didn't. There was one. Wasn't a lot of controversy in his uh, in his combine performance. Mm-hmm. I think what you see is what you get with him, and I think that that is something that you can invest in. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I, I think Darnold is. I think he has a great chance to be a great quarterback, um, just based on he has he has the tools. So I think his upside is per- perhaps higher than Baker's, um, but there's a little bit of a question mark, just because really we did, I know I know he started two seasons, but it, for some reason to me it feels like he's still a little bit of an unknown. For I, I I don't know why that might be incorrect or unfair, but that's just the way that. Um, that I feel whenever I think about Sam Dar- Sam Darnold, and he also showed last season showed some turnover problems, which is if that's happening in college, that makes it a little bit scary because it would seem like it's more likely to happen in the NFL if it's happening to you in college. But again, I do think he will be the first pick, and I think that would be that he is a fine first pick. Um, so will went with Sam Darnold number one overall to the Browns, number two the Giants. Before I say my pick, I will say. I would not be surprised to see the Giants trade out of this pick, um, but really? yeah, I, I wouldn't be just if somebody offers them, you know, like um, like the uh, Redskins offered the Rams a few years back with RG three, just a plethora of picks. Yeah, I think I could see that happening. But as I as me and Will discussed a couple days ago when we were doing this, we weren't going to try to mess with mock, with trades just because that would I mean it could get crazy and and, and really there's. I mean, how how in the world would we know how to guess that? So we just went with the order as it is right now. So number two, Giants. I have them picking Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, it's no secret I'm a Mayfield believer. We are both Sooners fans, so I understand that this, this could end up being just me being a homer. Uh, but I I do think he will be a successful quarterback in the NFL. They, the Giants do seem like they're putting their, you know, they're backing Eli still for this season at least. But, I mean, as if you're the Giants, you never know when you're going to have the chance to pick 
this high again and take a quarterback that could be your quarterback for the future after Eli's gone, which is not going to be that long. Um, so that's why I have them going with Baker. Um, what are your? Th- I know you love Baker, obviously, but do you see the? Right. Gi- do you? I, I see the Giants if they stay at number two, taking a quarterback. I don't think it'll be Baker, but I do think they, that they will take a quarterback uh, uh, as opposed to Saquon Barkley or maybe Quentin Nelson, something like that. What do you see the Giants doing? I mean, I could see the Giants taking Baker Mayfield. I agree with you. I think they are going to take a quarterback at number two, but. Um... I'm not sure that Baker Mayfield is the right pick for the Giants necessarily, just because I don't think he fits um, Pat Shermer's offense as well as maybe Eli does, or even another quarterback that they might bring in. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing that I'd be iffy about. Yeah, I got you. Um, yeah, that's that. Those are fair points, I think, and that's why I think they'll probably, if they do take a quarterback, take like I would think that in in real world they're going to go with Josh Allen. I mean, I'm sorry, not Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. Right, um, but it's hey, it's what it's what we would do, and I would do I would go with May, Mayfield. So uh, <laughs> number number three is the Jets. You can go ahead with your uh, number three. Uh, number three, the Jets will select Josh Allen, hmm. quarterback from Wyoming, and I I I, I realize that that he is being taken over Josh Rosen, who's a little bit more proven just because he went to a you know kind of a bigger name school, yeah. uh, UCLA, and, but. Um, I think Josh Allen will give some stability. Uh, it's always nice to have young, uh, young, fresh blood at quarterback, and I think he is going to be groomed for about one or two years under um, Josh McCown and Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. But I do. I don't think he'll start his first season only because you know the Jets went out and signed these two quarterbacks, not not super big names, but I mean Josh McCown did have the best season of his career. Yeah. Last season, yeah. unfortunately, got cut short. And then you bring in Teddy Bridgewater as you know some stability. Both of these guys are veterans, so I think that'll be good for Josh Allen. Or yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah, I, and another uh, your point about him going to to Ro- Rosen having you know seeming more proven because he went to UCLA, but it's also because Allen really didn't have a great college career. I mean, he's right. be, he's being drafted as because of his tools, which obviously do matter. But he is a raw. He's very raw, but he has extreme talent. Um, right. That the Jets trade. Oh, they traded up from six to three with the Colts, um, and I would be shocked if they didn't do that to take a quarterback. So that this pick totally makes sense, and it also makes sense because that just seems like such a Jets move to pick Josh Allen, who is such a question mark. Even though he yeah. he could very well turn out to be an awesome quarterback, but he is such a question mark, and that's just so typical Jets to me. Um, but that that would scare me as a Jets fan. The good the good news is, like you said, they signed they re-signed McCown. They brought in Bridgewater, so it's mm-hmm. it's not quite just you know all or nothing with this pick. But it right. is obviously a huge pick for the for, for the future of their franchise. Right. Um, number four, Cleveland Browns pick again, and this is the first non-quarterback. I have them taking Saquon Barkley. Um, I don't think he'll go number one. I know after the combine there for a couple of weeks, it was that was the talk that Saquon. Oh, uh, sorry, not after the combine, after the Tyrod Taylor trade, it was yeah. like it seemed. Oh well, they're going to take Barkley now, number one. I don't think that happens. I do think they go with Darnold, like you said at the beginning. Um, but 
you know, I think they still get Barkley at four, uh, which is awesome for them. A lot of people have Barkley as the number one prospect in the draft. Uh, I do, I do like Barkley a lot. His athleticism is phenomenal. Uh, his production in college was was really good. Um, I I have a ta- a little bit of concern about his um, ability at the next level to run between the tackles, but even if he is just an average between the tackles runner. I don't think he's going to be a bad between-the-tackles runner, but if he's just average, he's still going to be an excellent pass-catching running back, which is a big deal in the NFL. So I feel like at his minimum, he's going to be one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league and an average between-the-tackles runner. So that's like his floor, which is solid. Um, right. I But I think he'll be better than average between-the-tackles while still being an excellent pass-catcher. This would be an awesome... I mean, an awesome haul for the Browns in the top four to get somebody who they love at quarterback, then Saquon Barkley, who could, I mean, who is electric. Um, right. I mean, do you do you feel do you love Barkley as much as it seems like everybody else does? I do. I think he's a stud. And if like if like you said earlier, his floor is just being a solid running back. I mean, the Browns could definitely use that. And I think, I mean, like you said earlier, if they can snag Sam Darnold and Saquon Barkley, and if they can put them both to at least good use, then, I mean, I think they can get at least five wins. Oh, definitely. I, I, similar to the Jets, though, I, I don't think that the whoever the Browns pick at number one is going to start the season. I mean, actually, I'll be shocked if they do. Just because they, got, they have Tyrod now, and I think that's the purpose that they want him to serve. I mean, I could see their, whoever they pick, if they pick a quarterback, in the top four, I could see him, you know, starting the, starting some games towards the end of the season when they're out of the playoff race. But to start the season, I think they're going to try to let their quarterback sit and, you know, prepare himself more for starting for the future. Um, but so number four went with Saquon Barkley. Browns add a, another dynamic playmaker. Um, you can go ahead with your next pick. All right, so at number five, the Denver Broncos select Josh Rosen. Uh, Josh Rosen, quarterback from USA, UCLA, like I mentioned earlier, a little bit more proven. Um, he's got uh, he's got all the tools. He's uh, he's stable, and he can give some stability to the Broncos' quarterback position, which they've lacked in or lacked at since you know um, Peyton Manning retired. Yeah. Um, I similar to the Jets, I don't think he'll play his first year. I think he'll sit under Keenum. I don't think you would go out and sign Keenum to a big contract like that just to have him be a backup his first year in, uh, in Denver. So I think it'll be good for Josh Allen to get in there and, you know, get a few, or excuse me, Josh Rosen, yeah, I to get in there and, uh, you know, get a, get a few games, get a few, maybe even a season under uh, under Keenum. Yeah, I, I can't stand it. They're both named Josh because I get them mixed up like we've done multiple times already. We've done it like three times I know. already. Uh, you know, I can see the Broncos going just best available here, whether that's a defensive player, an offensive lineman. But if I would, if I agree with you, if it were me, I would be going with a quarterback just because personally, I don't, I don't love Case Keenum as the quarterback for the future, and so I still right. think you have to address that. If there's somebody that you love there, I mean, obviously, if if trades happen and the and you know, if you love two guys and they both get picked before you, I wouldn't force a quarterback that I didn't really love. But I think that I could definitely see Elway loving Josh Rosen and going with him at number five. Um, so let's review the top five real quick. Number one was uh, Will went with Sam Donald. Number two, I picked Baker Mayfield to the Giants. Then third, Will picked Josh Allen to the Jets. 
Fourth, I picked Saquon Barkley to the Browns. And fifth, Will just picked um, Josh Rosen to the Broncos. Uh, this is Fill in the Gap podcast. Will Philbrick is joining me again. We are alternating picks in a mock draft based on what we would pick uh, if we were in the spot for whatever team is there. Um, we're at number six now. This is my pick, the Indianapolis Colts. We mentioned the trade. They now pick six. They picked up third, three second-round picks from the Jets uh, in a trade last week. And at number six, I have them taking Bradley Chubb, the defensive end from NC State. I think he, he is the best pass, rush, pass rusher in the draft this year. He might be the best defensive player overall in the draft. And I think if the Colts were still picking third, they would pick Bradley Chubb anyway. So to get three second-round picks, only move back three spots, and still get the guy that you want at number six, that's a great trade for the uh, Colts. They need help all across the board, offense and defense, but I think Chubb immediately makes an impact on their defense, makes it better, adds some pass rush that they so desperately need, and I think it's a really, really, really good pick for the Colts at number six. I agree. I had him go into the Colts at number three before uh, the Colts and the Jets switched. So Same. I, mean, I think he's a stud, so you know you don't need a lot of offense right now with hopefully Andrew Luck coming back next season. So mm-hmm. it's always it's always nice to uh, get some get some rotation in the defensive line, get some uh, fresh fresh reps in there. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, so at number seven, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take Mika Fitzpatrick. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick is a uh, quarterback from Alabama. Uh, he's, a, he's a stud, um, and I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could use some youth in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, they can put him along, alongside uh, Vernon Hargreaves, who is also, I mean, he's a stud. He's not, his stats aren't um, amazing, but, I mean, he's, he's proven that he can play pretty well. And the uh, Buccaneers recently signed Brent Grimes back to a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been in the league for a long time a long now, time, yeah. so I, I think it'll be good for both of these guys to learn from a veteran like uh, like Grimes. Yeah. So do you do you think Minka will play corner, or do you think he'll be a, a safety? I said corner earlier, but I think that he will play safety just because I think that that is where the um, the Bucks will need him more. Mm-hmm. See, I agree that it, I think he'll play safety, but it's for a different reason, and it really it's just because I think he's better at safety. I yeah. I don't know that he can play NFL corner. I mean, well, I think he can. I don't know that he will can excel at at corner in the NFL, uh, right. but I do think he can excel at, at safety in the NFL. I I do. I love Minka. Like a couple months ago, I, I thought for a little while that he might be the best player in the draft overall. I don't know that I think that still, and not because of anything he's done, just because you know I've started to learn more about more guys. But at Alabama, he was—I mean, his production was amazing. He was a leader on the team. He was—he—he he was awesome. He was versatile, versatile on the field. Um, but one of the things that made me buy all in on Mika Fitzpatrick was during the middle of last season, I started reading about. Uh, how much, how highly Nick Saban thought of him, and if Nick Saban, who is a defensive genius, a, de- a defensive back genius, more specifically, right. um, for him to speak that highly of Mika Fitzpatrick, especially considering all the, I mean, the number of really, really good defensive backs he's had, he spoke. I've never heard him speak as highly of, of anybody. Of, of any of the other ones, as I heard him talk about Minka Fitzpatrick, his teammates uh, as well talk so highly about like how how much he knows about the game, how much he prepares. Like they call him like the robot. 
because he just yeah. he knows everything that's about to happen and he showed that right. on the field. But he was very, one of my favorite players to watch, and I, I think he's going to be awesome. I'm excited about Minka for sure. Yeah. Um, next pick, number eight, Chicago Bears. I had them taking Quentin Nelson, uh, guard from Notre Dame. I know a guard is not the sexiest pick, especially in the top ten, but Quentin Nelson, man, he is he's a stud. He's arguably the top player in the draft overall. He's gonna be awesome. He's gonna he's gonna start right away. He's gonna improve your offensive line right away from day one. Um, right. I love Quentin Nelson. I think he's gonna be. I mean, I've, I as I just said, he's gonna be awesome. I wouldn't even hesitate if I were the the Bears here, regardless of you know what their offensive line is like. You know, it, it's not good, but it might not be their biggest need. But I mean, I think this guy is that good where you have to take him. I think this would be a slam dunk pick for the Bears. I agree, and especially with Josh Sitton leaving, I think that's I think Quentin Nelson is going to be a big pick, and I think he's going to start immediately. That without a doubt, he'll start immediately. You, I mean, yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know that he compares, you know, the way he plays to Zach Martin. That's a comparison that people, you know, easily go to because they're both guards. They're both from Notre Dame. They're both going to be high draft picks. But just right. in, the, in the sense of immediate impact, I, I think he's Zach Martin level uh, as, far, as far as that goes. But um, I agree. Uh, so, I get, uh, let's see, 49ers are next, and you, you had the pick for the 49ers. Right, and I was kind of excited to make this pick. Really? 49ers, yeah, they're, they're a young team. They just got Jimmy G, and that was I had to take that into account with my pick, which is why I overall took Calvin Ridley, wide receiver from Alabama for the San Francisco 49ers. I think Calvin Ridley is a stud. I think he can go up and get it, and I think it's good to get um, young receivers and young like running backs and tight ends right now for Jimmy so you can um, you know get that pairing. Like, uh, yeah. Just for instance, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my homerism again, but like Carson Wentz and Nelson Aguilar are going to mm-hmm. get that young pairing in there. So I think that'll be good for both him and Jimmy. And I think they need a new weapon on offense. I got Because you. Marquise Goodwin is a stud, but he's getting older. So it'd be good to have some fresh blood on offense. Yeah, and they'll get Pierre Garçon back from injury last year. And he is older. He's good, and he's going to be good again next year, I think. But he is older, yeah, like you said. They do need wide receiver help. But this is probably uh, – this is one pick that we're going to disagree on. I don't like Calvin Ridley. I mean, let me say that. Let me say that a different way. I don't like Calvin Ridley that high. Um, yeah. I, 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 the receiving, the receivers in this draft class aren't very good to me. Um, I he I could, agree. he might be the best one. I there's one that we'll get to in here in a few picks that I actually do like a little bit better, but. I just he he scares me because I know he's going to be taken in that first round, but I don't know that he's going to be that first round wide receiver. Um, like you said, I would. I, I, whenever you said you were excited to make this pick, I thought you meant because you liked Calvin Ridley so much. But I, I agree with you about the reasoning that you did give because uh, regarding the Forty ers being a team that you're very interested in. Because I feel the same way. I think right. they, there's a they could go a number of different ways. They've already improved their team. This offseason, I think they're only going to do that even more with the with a top ten pick. But I would just as somebody who is going to start rooting for the 49ers, I would be a little bit disappointed if they took if they made this pick just because I don't think he's going to be um, the impact player that you want to get at number nine. Yeah, I just think he's. I, I mean, you and I would disagree on this, but I think he's the best available receiver. I, I would agree with you that there's not. Uh, an absolutely astounding receiver class this year, 
but I think he's the best out of the receivers available. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I would probably put him second, so it's not like I think he's terrible. Right, but, right. Yeah. So, Calvin Ridley to the 49ers at number 9. Number 10 yep. pick is uh, Oakland Raiders. Niners and Raiders flipped a coin to see who picked 9, who picked 10. Mm-hmm. Raiders have picked number 10. I uh, For them, I chose Derwin James, uh, safety from Florida State. He had his pro day yesterday. I I, mean, I know I talked very highly about Minka, and I'm going to do the same about Derwin James. He, he is right. He is I mean, he's almost ex- exactly the same as Minka to me as far as how much I how highly I think of him as a player. He was he two seasons ago he tore his meniscus and was out for the whole season. Last year he's admitted that he felt rusty coming back, but he he got better as the season went on. Um, he is a He's a freak athlete, man. He is. He reminds me a lot of Cam Chancellor, uh, in the sense that they're both very versatile. They're both hard hitting safeties. There, you know, they can move down in the box. They can cover. They can even move outside and play corner. In, in James's case, probably more so than Chancellor. But he's he's faster than Chancellor. He might even be just a little bit more athletic overall. I think he's going to be a stud. And if the Raiders got him at ten, I think that would be an awesome pick. He can anchor their secondary for years to come, which they need somebody to do. They have Matt, Khalil Mack up front, anchoring the front seven. I think, um, you know, Derwin James can anchor the back end for a long time to come. So I went with I. Uh, that's why I went with him. I think he's he's going to play safety, but as I said, he can move all over the field as he did at Florida State. Uh, so I, I really like him a, a lot. Yeah, I would have to agree. I mean, Derwin James is a stud. He's fast. He's quick, and he's tall. I mean, he's got, like, long arms, and he's I mean, he's just a stud. I like the uh, Cam Chancellor um, parallel that you made earlier just because they're both, they're both just flying to the ball, and they mm-hmm. can play the boom if they need yeah. to. It, but at the, and at the same time, they're smart. Like, they, they're not right. just – they're not out of control. They're, they have direction. Know, yeah, that, which is – I mean, that's key. So, Necessary. yeah, I, I agree. All right, so um, number 11, that would be the uh, Miami Dolphins. They are going to take Marcus Davenport, who is a defensive end from University of Texas San Antonio, and this guy is an absolute stud. He is six six, and he weighs two hundred sixty four pounds, and he ran a four five at the combine. It was a four five eight, so it was a little closer to four six. But even for a guy who's six six two sixty four, that's impressive. Um, he did twenty two reps on the bench press, so he's strong, and I I think he's. I mean, at this point. With um, Indomitian Sue gone and the Dolphins finishing 14th in rush defense, I think you have to take him right here. Yeah, I mean, they they the Dolphins are similar to the Colts in the sense that they need help at every level of the defense. Like every, they right. could take any any defensive position. They could also take any, uh, almost any offensive offensive position, but especially on the defensive side, they need they just need help across the board. So, I th- and it's, and pass rushing is such a big uh, such a key in today's game. Yes. Um, then, so I think that 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 would be a good pick to get a pass rusher that they really liked. Um, and I mean, Davenport, he's a little bit raw, and he's part of. I guess I feel that way a little bit also because of he's he's kind of unknown because he played at a small school and he played mm-hmm. against a little bit lesser competition than some of the uh, some of the other guys. Sure. But as you said, his measurables are are as good or better than anybody else's in the draft. So he obviously has that upside. Um, I mean, I, I really don't, it, it's hard to say, you know, the Dolphins would be knocking it out of the park just because I don't know about Marcus Davenport, but that's not me saying that I don't believe in him. It's right. I'm literally just saying, I don't really know 
what to expect from him, you know? Right, right. I mean, that's fair. I mean, it's you can only expect so much from someone who's played at UTSA, mm-hmm. so and the Conference USA, so it's a little difficult. Yeah, um, but you know, that's just that that's every every year. It seems like you have one or two guys that are from smaller places that are you know thought of to to go this high in the draft. I mentioned Khalil Mack a, a minute ago. He was he went to Buffalo, but he went number five overall, I think. And you know, people probably said the same thing about him. And he's one of the best players in the league now. So it, right. that doesn't mean that it's not going to work out. Uh, yeah. Number number twelve is the Buffalo Bills. They traded with the Bengals. They had uh, picks twenty one and twenty two. Traded one of them to the Bengals to move up. Before I say this, I'll do the thing, same thing I did with the Giants. I think that the Bills will make another trade to move up and take a quarterback. But as I said earlier. We're not going to try to predict trades, so we just went with the order as it is right now. And so I have the Bills at number twelve, selecting Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker from Virginia Tech. Edmonds reminds me a lot of Anthony Barr. Their their uh, size is very, very, very similar, almost identical. Both very athletic. Both play linebacker, obviously. Um, He's really tall, as just like Barr, which I know I just mentioned they have similar size, but he's like six five or six six, which is really tall for an inside linebacker. Um, right. Similar to Davenport, his uh, his athleticism is off the charts, especially for his size. I like I like Edmonds a lot. He kind of came onto the scene as far as you know, highly thought of prospects a little bit later. It wasn't like he was all season was thought of as this guy who's going to go top 15. It seems like the past couple of months he kind of entered that conversation. And he, it's, I think he's only, you know, rising up the uh, up draft boards. I'm, I'm actually really excited about watching him just because he intrigues me for some reason. I can't put my finger on why, but he does. I think it's just because his athleticism combined with how big he is playing that position. I think it'll be awesome to see uh, how he does in the NFL. Um, if he went to the Bills, I think that would suck for him. Just because he has to live in Buffalo and play for the Bills. But they need help right. on the defense, and I think he he's going to be a, a good player. So number 13 is the Redskins, and that's your pick. So go ahead. Uh, 13, I have the Redskins taking uh, wide receiver Christian Kirk from Texas A&M. Uh, this guy's an impact player, and he was pretty good with Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a quick slot guy, and that's... I mean, in an in a increasingly passing league in the NFL that we have, that's that's something valuable is a, is a slot guy who you can just rely on to just dump it off to at like 10 or 15 yards downfield. I think with Terrell Pryor gone, you need someone to boost that offense. Yeah. And I um, also think that you need someone to pair with Alex Smith. Yeah. Uh, and the, Kirk is my favorite wide receiver in this draft class. Uh, I do, Before I say anything about him, do you? I'm putting you on the spot here. Do you have a comparison, a player comparison for him? Um, if I had to, I'd say like I probably got like Farrell Cooper. Okay, yeah. Even like or like Diet Julian Edelman. Yeah, I mean slot wise, yeah. I, I the Farrell Cooper one is pretty good because he is uh, Kirk is also excellent in the return game, which Farrell Cooper right. made the Pro Bowl from that. Um, yeah. I like Kirk a lot. I'm going to make two quick comparisons. His playing style and who I see when he plays, I feel like he is almost identical to Golden Tate. Yeah. Um, Both very fast, both very good after the catch, similar size, both play the slot. 
like I mean, he, I think the way they play, he he might be a little bit faster even than Golden Tate. But that, that's the comparison I see. And it, another comparison that I've thought of for a little while now is Odell Beckham Jr. and not, and not from not the way they play. I don't he you know he's not going to be outside on the outside like Odell. I, I don't think their playing styles are the same. I don't think even their abilities are the same. I think he's I don't think he's as talented as Odell. But just from the sense of it seems like when Odell was at LSU, you know, obviously he was a first-round pick, so he, you know, people knew about him, but he wasn't doing things at LSU like he did in the NFL, wide receiver-wise. You know, he was being right. used in different ways, and that's partly because he was on a terrible, uh, a, an offense at LSU that was ran poorly. Uh, right. His quarterbacks were not very good. His coaching was even worse, uh, offensive-wise, but. And then when he came to the NFL, he exploded, and people were like, "Man, where was this guy at LSU?" Right, Kirk. So you, you think Kirk can explode like that in the NFL? I think I, I could see him doing that because at, L, at Texas A and M, I think he showed he showed a lot of you know great things, but I think he was held back from his quarterback play and from you know probably just the offense that he was in. Um, right, and so I could see him you know going. I could see him in the NFL really flourishing and people going, man, why was he not like, why did A&M not use use him better and do better with him? Similar to the right. way that people feel that way, at least I feel that way about Odell at LSU. So that's where that comparison comes from. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, really like, I really like Kirk a lot. Number 14 is Green Bay. I hate Green Bay, but I'm picking for them. <laughs> <laughs> Number 14, uh, I have the Packers going with Denzel Ward, cornerback from Ohio State. Um, they, The Packers, it, it kind of feels like it happened all of a sudden, but they just lacked talent on defense last year. Yes. Part of that is due to injuries, but part of that is due to just guys getting old and being out of their – and, you know, being past their prime like Clay Matthews. Um, right. You know, they need help. They, they could – I think they're going to pick defense here uh, – Cornerback, they need help at cornerback. Their secondary is not very good. They have Hog, Clinton, Dix, and he's pretty and he's he's fine. But they, you obviously need more than that. Um, right. So that's why I have them going with Denzel Ward. This dude, he's a little bit raw. Uh, he has to you know polish his game a little bit, but he is, you know, he has tremendous speed. He can fly. He flew at the combine. He ran four three something. Yeah, four three two. Yeah, four three two. Um, but I think he has the tools necessary to develop into one a, a really good corner. He has that upside, and so that's why I went with, with Denzel Ward for the Packers. I mean, I'd have to agree. He's got great measurables. He's graded as one of the highest in the in the entire combine, let alone he's the highest at corner in terms of their grade. Um, I think this. I think you can't go wrong with this pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree because of what I was just saying earlier. They need help. Like, yes, I feel like do. I've said this about – I feel like I've said this for like four or five teams, which, I mean, these are the first six, we're doing the first 16 picks in the draft, so there's a reason you're picking up there, uh, uh, up this high in the draft, but I feel like I've said that phrase, that they can use help across the board, so I apologize for repeating myself, but it it remains true. (laughs) Alright, so 15, and my last pick for this pod, um, Arizona Cardinals, and this one is a bit of a reach, Mm. Mason Rudolph. Mm. Quarterback, Oklahoma State. And I, I mean, the Cardinals desperately need a quarterback. And I 
think it's a similar uh, excuse me a similar situation to the Denver Broncos and the New York Jets in that they bringing in these okay good not great guys as their as their starting quarterbacks that these young quarterbacks will probably get groomed under. I, I doubt Mason Rudolph will start, but the Arizona Cardinals need a young quarterback. They had Carson Palmer for a few years, and he was only good for a few of them, and mm-hmm. then he dropped off after 2015. <laughs> it seemed like after they were on all or nothing. Yeah, that, that yeah definitely. definitely. Um, so yeah. um, I still think that they just need a young guy. Um, I mean, they have I have an okay receiving core, Larry Fitzgerald. I think he's the only spotlight on there, the only one that I would mention. But they need a quarterback badly, and I think he's the best quarterback available after you know the top five or so, where we all of them were picked. And I think he's more of a true pocket passer compared to uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, um, this is I love you because you're my brother, but this is by far my biggest disagreement. Uh, uh, of of the first round that we did, I it, I would be disgusted if I was a Cardinals fan and they picked Mason Rudolph. I I, I don't see it. I don't I, see you, it. You got to man. Like, are you going to take Lamar Jackson? No, I'm going to take. A, you take Sam Bradford. You're going to rely on Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon. Well, the thing is, they they made a horrible decision in in the offseason, I think, by well, just because they signed uh, Bradford to so much money and then signed Glennon, it's, that make, doesn't make sense to me. But I I wouldn't force myself to take a quarterback because because of that. I would just take best available rather than take Mason Rudolph. If Baker Mayfield is there at 15, if he falls to 15, of course, that's a, that's a slam Absolutely. dunk. That's a steal. But if it's Mason Rudolph or, you know, I don't know, any other player that is higher than him on their overall draft board, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I just cannot take Mason Rudolph this high. He's tall and he's big and he made some good plays for Oklahoma State. But I, I've seen too much of Mason Rudolph and that I've seen too, much, too many Mason Rudolph games that made me scratch my head to even consider him at 15. In any big game that Oklahoma State was in, it feels like he didn't perform well. He scored 10, 13 points against Texas this year. He he beat OU. I think he beat OU one time. I think yeah, he beat was, OU it was one before time. Baker was there. Yeah, it was before Baker was there. It was like in the. Uh, I guess he he probably beat like Blake Bell or something. Era. Yeah, but I I I just I understand what your reasoning. I just I, I do not like Mason Rudolph. Nearly enough, <laughs> nearly enough to go fifteen. I I think he's just another another Brandon Whedon at best. Um, oh, really? I mean, I think he's probably got more talent than Brandon Whedon by far. But I don't know. I'm just not convinced that he's going to be good in the NFL. He just doesn't seem to have. I I absolutely hate that I'm about to say this because I think it's just so much BS. But I just do. I think he. So blatantly lacks any it factor. That's oh man. I, and uh, gosh, I'm, so, I'm I'm I hate myself for saying that, but it's true. <laughs> he just doesn't seem like he's you know gonna. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Besides, I think that's, that's why I use the it factor because I don't know how to explain it. I think he's just not being talked about a lot, and that's why people are are sleeping on him. He, this is definitely. I mean, I agree with you to an extent. This is definitely a reach. But if I'm the Arizona Cardinals general manager, I'm saying. We have had an old quarterback for so long. Yeah. Uh, 
like our last two like really like big starting quarterbacks were like Carson Palmer and before him Kurt, Kurt Warner. Warner. Yeah. So like, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals GM, I'm saying we need a young quarterback, please, mm-hmm. before we before we like go seven and nine for the rest of our existence. Yeah. Well, if you draft Mason Rudolph, you can go four and twelve for the rest of your existence. Uh, whatever. I the b- before I move on, last point. I hate. I mean, I don't hate. I often hear the Big Twelve quarterbacks argument when it comes to Baker, and I refute that with you know different reasons, which I won't get into right now. But I think they so definitely apply to Mason Rudolph. That's really what it comes down to to me for me. Yeah, but we'll see. You know, yeah, I mean, he. I, I mean, if I had to pick a prototype Big Twelve quarterback, it would be him—just a, a pocket guy who can sling it deep. But you know, I, you got you, you got to. You can't keep going with these old, decrepit, beat down <laughs> quarterbacks. I guess so. I, I'm not a Cardinals fan, so what do I care? I'm not either. So yeah, this is. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, last pick in today's show, number 16, the Baltimore Ravens. I have them selecting Josh Jackson, a quarterback, sorry, a cornerback from Iowa. Um, You know, Jackson is different from Denzel Ward in the sense of he's not going to, you know, he's not a burner. He's not extremely athletic, but he is is a lot more polished. Um, He has very good ball skills. He has good size. He's 6'1", 195. He's got long arms. Um, he only you know, started for about one season at Iowa, but he had a really good season. Um, he plays the ball really well instead of just, you know, a lot of times in college you see cornerbacks that are just kind of lost because they don't really know exactly how to, do, how to play corner. This guy seems to have a good grasp on that. He, uh, he, he doesn't just play the receiver. He plays the ball, which is – you know that's a quality that you want in a corner. I think he can come in and play uh, sooner than a guy like Denzel Ward. He might not have as high of upside, but um, you know the the Ravens need help in the secondary, and I think this would be a good pick for him because he can come in right away and contribute, if not start. Um, this is a pick that now that I'm thinking about it, I I mean I this I, I I agree with the initial pick. If they're going to go corner, but I think the Ravens have bigger needs. But if they are going to go corner, then I think I think uh, Josh Jackson is the guy to go with. Real quick, just because we're running a little long on time, what what uh, needs do you think they have more, and who would you pick to fill those needs? Uh, I mean, the Ravens are are pretty slim at linebacker, and they are pretty slim up front and O line. And mm-hmm. so, if I were to have to pick for either one of those two. I would pick like linebacker like Roquan Smith from Georgia. From yeah. Georgia, excuse yeah. me. If I was going offensive line, I would go um, Orlando Brown. Oh no, no, absolutely. Orlando Brown, number sixteen. Yeah, you could get him in the second round. I know, but like, who? I mean, that's just like, I mean, okay, or and I love maybe, Orlando. I love Orlando, but I mean, he he is good. He just did not do well at the combine. But, but maybe even okay, Connor Williams. Yeah, I, Texas. I would, I would, I would, I would do that before I did Orlando, and even before the combine, I had, I had my doubts about Orlando just because 
Oh, well, especially playing left tackle. I don't think he's I don't think he's a left tackle in the NFL, and I didn't think that before the combine. But I was just worried that he wasn't going to be quick enough to, you know, play tackle in the NFL. That doubt has become even more after the combine. But I, I, I actually did feel that way before the combine when he was projected to be a first-round pick, which he is definitely not now. I don't think he's going to drop as far as people think. It seems like some people think, like, oh, he, well, he's not going to get drafted now. That's, a, that's silly. He's going to be a second- or third-round pick still. But um, I, I, I didn't love Orlando before the combine. At 16, I definitely don't love him. I realize we're getting off topic now. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, they they – they could do very well go on offensive line. They could go front seven. I think they need cornerback help, and I think this is good value, so that's why I went with Josh Jackson here. It's fair pick. Yep. Um, this, that was pick 16. We did picks 1 through 16 today. We are going to do the rest of the uh, first round, second half of the first round, 17 through 32, either tomorrow or Saturday. We have not planned what day, but it'll be one of those two. Will, thanks for joining me. Good job. Thanks for having me. Glad we got to discuss some, uh, make some picks. You know, it was fun to go back and forth. I really like it. I'm glad we did that way. I'm excited to do seven through thirty-two coming up. Me too. This was Fill in the Gap podcast. Again, you can find us on iTunes by searching Fill in the Gap on the Apple Podcast app. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can also find us on VendettaSportsMedia.com. Will Philbrick was joining me, my brother. He is a, a frequent guest, and he will continue to be a frequent guest. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Make sure you check out 17 through, through 32 coming up. Thank you for listening.